Here we are today. We're going to look at the origins of Halloween. And actually, they might go back a little further than you might think. You know, when we decorate for Halloween and we set out the pumpkins and the spider webs and uh, hang the ghosts from the trees and we stick the, you know, the skeleton feet in in the lawn and we, you know, put up the tombstones and we celebrate the Feast of the Dead or the, the um, recurring, you know, uh, back in uh, the Druid days and the Celtic days, they actually were celebrating Halloween as a welcoming of the dead spirits that would come back. And um, they, kind of, it, it, they also thought of it as a time when the dimensions uh, between the natural and the supernatural, kind of that wall, that veil, thinned, and so they were able to kind of move back and forth in that uh, forbidden realm more easily on the night of October 31st and November 1st. All Saints Day, All Souls Day, as you might have heard it. But but Halloween actually, like I said, the, the, we talk about the trick or treating. Actually, we live in a in a, we used to live in a community very near a community that prided itself on being the Halloween capital of the world. So you can imagine what kind of ruling principalities and spirits were over that place. And we know people are intrigued with haunted houses and. And, you know, uh, they even have reality shows now where they're, you know, pursuing these kinds of things, haunted houses and ghosts and things. And people are very, very intrigued with the, with the forbidden, with the, um, the hidden, the secret. And actually, that's what the word occult really means. It means uh, the forbidden, the things that are hidden and forbidden. They're forbidden and they're secrets and people want to know. They're curious to know what's out there. What's out there? Why is this? You know, we, we want the explanation uh, of the supernatural world, but we really don't want to agree that it's real. Somehow, we're trying to live in this very tangible, very factual, very scientific world, but but we're we're surrounded by demonic entities, familiar spirits, ghosts, haunted houses, all kinds of things, and yet we don't. Um, I don't know if we really want to even say, yeah, it really exists. So I think we kind of dress up and, 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 and try to scare ourselves to get away from the idea that this is very, very real. What we're playing with here is the demonic realm. And when you dress your um, children up, you're saying, you're, you're giving an agreement with that, that whole system of the supernatural world of the dead and the spiritual craziness of evil and, and wickedness and bloodshed. And, and when you put out the welcome mat by decorating your houses, you're actually giving a landing strip to the enemy to come in and torture you and torment you. And you know, people don't realize, they say, well, why is my life so bad? Why is it so hard? I feel like I'm under a curse. Well, you probably are under a curse because of the agreements that have been made through either you or the generations that have gone before you or the place you live, the places, the things that... uh, A lot of times places are dedicated to Satan. Objects are dedicated to Satan. And when we bring those things into our house, we agree with them, we celebrate his holiday, um, we're actually saying, yeah, go for it, devil, whatever you want to do, it's fine, great, let's see what you got. So we, we decorate for Halloween, and we're like, we don't, we're ignorant, but ignorance is not a protection. Satan doesn't care how ignorant you are, the better you are, the more ignorant you are, the better it is for him. 
So we've talked about, we're going to talk today about the origins that go way back. We're going to talk about, are demons real? Where do they come from? Um, Can people have demons? Uh, Can houses be haunted? Um, What are the accursed objects? How do we deal with a haunted house? If I'm living in a haunted house, what do I do about that? Does that affect me? What if I don't believe in it? then it? Then it doesn't affect me, right? If I don't believe in it, that doesn't matter what you believe in. You believe it or not, it's still going to happen because of the fact that it's real. Now, the good news is that you, you have, God has given us some power and authority over these things. But you're not going to have that power and authority as long as you're submitting to that thing and participating with it and dressing up like it and, and, and feeding off of its lies. You're only going to have the power and authority that Jesus gave his disciples uh, to cast out demons, for example, uh, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, if we walk according to him and follow him. So let's look at some of these things today. Um, can we detect a demon with a human naked eye, with a naked eye? No, not usually. But we can tell, sense their presence often. You know, some the, the hair will go up in the back of your neck or something is weird or, you know, some people are very, very sensitive to these things and, and other people are not as sensitive. But we usually know God is faithful to let us know we're walking into dangerous territory, enemy territory. Um, <clears throat> so we start with haunted houses. Let's just go for that. So people live in these houses where they, they feel like they're not the only one in the house. Their family isn't the only one in the house. They buy the house. They don't know where, you know, who, the history of the house. But they come in and they start to have weird things happening. You know, maybe something so obvious as a cupboard door slamming or footsteps on the stairs at night when there's nobody up and no cats in the house. And uh, you just, and, and, you know, creaking of various things. And we get spooked. Uh, sometimes we try to deny that. We say, oh, that's just me. Just nothing. Just the wind. Just whatever. Um, because we don't want to deal with it, like I said. But yes, there are haunted houses. And people, uh, what, it, what is a haunted house? Well, a haunted house is a house that you're living in with a spirit, a familiar spirit, a spirit of a deceased person. Uh, you say, well, how can that be? Well, I don't get that. Well, that person's dead. Well, you, where, I thought their spirit went to heaven. Yeah, their spirit did go somewhere else. But the demon spirit, the evil spirit, also known as demons, evil spirits, familiar spirits, ghosts. They, they, they want a place to live. They want a place to hang out. They have to have something to do. They're disembodied. A demon is a disembodied, disembodied spirit. So <clears throat> what they're going to do is they're going to hang around in that place where they're familiar with it, where it's comfortable to them, to see who's going to show up next. And so because they have already uh, uh, squatters' rights there, they've been there, they've been permitted to be there, uh, the people who were there before gave them permission or didn't bother them or uh, actually encouraged it. These demons, familiar spirits, feel comfortable, so they stay there. So I, I know, I, I've heard horror stories about people who move into a house and their family gets sick, the kids can't sleep at night, they have nightmares. Um, then I say, well, who lived in the house before you? What happened in the house? Did somebody die in the house? Um, is this house built on a native, uh, sacred Native American burial mound, or is this? What's the what are the what's the ley lines here? What this? If your particular place of dwelling is habitated and claimed and frequented by demons, they are laying some claim to that place. That's colliding with your claim. You're claiming it because you pay the rent, because you bought the house. Uh, because you live there, and Satan says, no, I have a right here because, you know, because this land was dedicated to me, or this 
this murder was ha- happened on this land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if there's a murder or a, an un- unlawful death, or if there's um, some other deal that's been made with the with the spirit world, and you're living on their tr- territory, their property, in their house, yeah, they're going to have a right to come and harass you until you figure out what it is and you lay your claim as the homeowner, as the one who pays the rent, the one who buy who bought those. You can you can lay claim and you can take your authority to command them to leave, but it's it isn't going to work very well unless you find the real reason. For example, I was just not too long ago <clears throat> with someone who had lived in a in a property. They bought a property, a house that had been um, where there had been a, a crime scene, where there had been a murder, several people murdered in that in that house, and there was still blood stains on the wood from all of it. But the person who bought the house cleaned it up and thought it would be okay, and they lived there and they thought, well, there's no problem here, and. The, the only problem was the unsolved murder and the, the, the demons who were, um, you know, when things, crimes are not resolved, they stay unresolved. And when they stay unresolved in the spirit world, then the, del- the devil uses those as open doors to continue to come in to harass people and justify his harassment of them. So until this crime was solved and it was an unsolved mystery, these people are living in the house and they're thinking, well, you know, we cleaned up the blood and it's okay and nobody had anything. Only one time we saw one, one ghost, but that's me. But the thing is, the whole pattern of the, of, the, of the brutality and the rejection and the very specific details of the pattern were following down the family bloodline into the next generation of people who lived in that house. So they were suffering from the same demonic assault that was acted out in the first generation was now being acted out uh, elements of that pattern of destruction were being reenacted in the second family and the patterns were very very similar Uh, but the people did not see it of course people never see patterns because they're too obvious you know and they come down the bloodlines and people just let it go let it go so until that crime is brought before the court and those those demons who did that to the humans through the humans are judged and God gets to rule in the matter, it still is an open case. But once God rules and you forgive, he judges it, then the case is closed and the demons then are removed. They have no more right to be there. So we have to get them evicted through the the court of evictions, which is in heaven. Um, Another thing that happens to people, not only are their houses haunted, they don't know what to do. Well, they kind of run through the house with a bunch of oil and scattered on the the doorposts and and the windows and whatever. And that's all good. Because you're laying claim to the house, you're sealing, anointing, dedicating, consecrating that property to you. And I would suggest if you've bought anything, even if you're, you've lived in it for a long time and you haven't dedicated it to the Lord, you need to do that. Because I remember when we came to this place, we had to do a lot of that because of the people who had lived here before and before them, there had been several deaths on the property. Children had died. There was lots of poverty, lots of cursing, lots of water problems. Um, in their in their wells, their systems, and so we really had to uh, recognize this was a spiritual battle to take this property, take this land for the kingdom of God. And that's the same with you. If your house has got things that break all the time, just weird things that shouldn't be happening, and you you've learned to put up with it, maybe it's time to stop putting up with it and take a stand and and, and not be ignorant of the enemy's devices, but. Um, resist the devil submit to God resist the devil we put up with way too much stuff because we don't think it's spiritual we think it's just an accident it's just a coincidence it's just bad luck it's just you know the luck of the draw it's my fate whatever there's no such thing as bad luck 
there's no such thing as an accident because there's only two kingdoms and accidents don't work out of God's kingdom. They come from Satan. They're deliberate. They're planned. Uh, people falling down, people getting pushed down, people getting uh, hurt badly. Oh, I slipped. Oh, I lifted too wrong. This, this, this was, I lift, I turned my back. You should be able to lift and walk and turn your back without being demonically judged. I would say. But if same thing is, oh, I did this, I did that, oh, I slipped, oh, I slipped, you slipped, really? I don't think you slipped. I, why would you slip? Did you want to slip? Did you try to do that? No. Who, who pushed you? You said, well, you're just a little bit too suspicious about everything. Hey, <clears throat> there's, only, there's only two views of the world. It's either an accident or it's a, it's, a, it's a conspiracy. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual worldview. And we are in that spiritual worldview. Because where do these demons come from who haunt these houses? And why do they stay there after the people they were riding on died? Because they can't go anywhere. Why can't they go anywhere? Why do they have to stay on the earth? Because God said they'd have to stay on the earth. Well, who, what are these demons? What are these evil spirits? Well, it takes us all the way back to the very, very first Genesis. It takes you back to Genesis, where we see the problem. The spiritual battle began in the garden as we know it. It began before that in the garden in heaven, of course. But Satan had been displaced, kicked out of heaven, you know. And so he was homeless and he was looking for a kingdom. And so he found Adam and Eve had just been given a brand new kingdom with all kinds of authority and pretty animals and fun, fun stuff. And so they thought, well, that's better than living in the abyss. That's better than living in the, in the no man's land between heaven and earth. Let's go take that kingdom. And when they did that, and Adam, they had to have Adam and Eve agree with them. That's the whole point. Satan cannot do anything to you unless he's got an agreement. Now, it may be an agreement you made. Maybe a passive agreement, maybe a subconscious agreement, or maybe it was an agreement that your people made before you. A lot of people by this time on the planet, we have lots of people who are very immersed in witchcraft, very immersed in the demonic culture of the occult, hidden knowledge, forbidden knowledge. Remember, the big problem in the garden was Pandora's box, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And Satan said, take a bite and I'll let you have a look. Hidden knowledge, forbidden knowledge. And what is the root uh, motivator? Uh, for people who go off into the occult and the dark arts and the deep mysteries of the occult, it is, it is, uh, they want to know more. They want to know, um, to, to know more, really, it's bottom line, to know more, to know everything. Well, what, how did, how did all this knowledge, where, where does all this knowledge come from? What happened before you can understand the occult or Halloween or haunted houses? You have to go back to understand what happened in the war between God and Satan. And the, in a nutshell, you can read it in the book of Enoch, and it's quite a fascinating story. But in that book, it tells about the um, the curse, the curses where the angels were um, <clears throat> uh, found themselves without a place, without a family. They were kicked out of heaven, and so they decided to come down to the earth and have take human wives. So there was like two hundred of these fallen angels who decided to um, take for themselves wives. And this was a forbidden thing. They were crossing kinds. The, guy, the, the Bible had no uh, intention of this happening. But what happened was these uh, angels came into the women in Genesis chapter 6, saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful and came in unto them and chose some for the, their wives and they impregnated them. And the offspring were called Nephilim or men of gi- giants as we would know them or men of renown. So these were, these were uh, um, spirit human hybrids. These were demons, hybrids. They weren't angels. 
their fathers were the fallen angels, but their mothers were the daughters of men. So this is where you get the demigods and all that mythology stuff, where you have the mother who's a human and the father who's a, a Zeus or something. <clears throat> so the, but that's true stuff. It really happened, but Satan redid re the narrative so that we all think that's that Zeus and Jupiter and those guys are the gods. No, no, those are the fallen gods. Those are the ones who rebelled against God. But anyway, back to the story. So when God cursed the serpent for deceiving the woman, and she said, God came down from in, in the, into the garden, and he said, what's going on here? And Eve said, the serpent deceived me. And then God said, okay. He didn't give her a big scolding. He didn't say, you made a bad choice. You, you needed to be more responsible. I told you not to take and eat of that. I told you so. He didn't say any of that. He turned immediately to the deceiver. And he didn't say, Eve, quit blaming the devil either. He said, yeah, right. I know he did it. You're right, darling. He did it. So he turned to the snake and he said, you're going to crawl on your belly and eat dust. And then he said that the most interesting thing, I'm going to put war, spiritual war, spiritual warfare, the beginning of the spiritual warfare between you, between your seed and the seed of the woman. So these two seeds, the seed of the woman, the human race and Satan's seed, was going to clash, clash, clash until this mighty war turned into trying to kill Jesus. So God says, yep, your seed is going to bruise his heel, but her seed is going to crush your head. And so Satan knew the DNA was the big problem. That's why I think he went after the human, uh, the women and tried to mess up the DNA because if the DNA was wrecked, then her seed would not be a human. And so we see all this transpiring even in the book of um you know, Genesis chapter six, where he, he says, and Enoch says the same thing <clears throat> where the, um, it says, uh, that the women, it went, it began to came to pass that when the men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, this, that the sons of God, those are the, the angels saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful and they took wives to themselves of all whom they chose. And there were giants. Um, let's see, where does he say? Indeed. Um, there were giants on the earth in those days and also afterwards when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore them children. These are the mighty men of old, the men of renown. And the Lord saw that the wickedness of men was great on the earth. Next verse. And every intent and thought of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. And he said, I will destroy men whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing, birds of the air. I'm sorry that I have made them, but Noah found grace in God's sight. So what was happening here was there was a, a progression of evil. Um, as the demons, had, I mean, sorry, as the fallen angels had had sex with the humans, the, the thing that was happening is everything was becoming corrupt. God had said in the beginning, do not cross the kinds. Don't cross the birds with the fish. Don't cross the humans with the uh, animals. Um, but the enemy had crossed himself with the females and then on top of it he began to tell them secrets so all the secrets of the earth were were uh, divulged by these watchers the watchers are the another word for the, the the fallen angels they were why were they called the watchers because god had originally given them the job as of being his divine counsel and they were supposed to watch over this the, the people on the earth protect them uh, keep them safe. And instead, what they had done is they had gone, gone into the women, they had betrayed God, and they'd taken their kingdoms for themselves. 
And that's why um, God was angry. So what happened is when these fallen angels, and the book of Enoch actually goes into a detail, names some of them. Um, they took to them, themselves wives, each chose for himself one, and they began to go in into them and defile themselves with them. And they taught them charms and enchantments, enchantments and root cuttings and made them acquainted with plants. What does this mean? What's so bad about that? Charms, enchantments, bewitching, spells, incantations, potions. It all goes all the way back to the revelation that these, these because the angels were there at the creation. So they saw what the plants were supposed to do. They saw what the constellations were going to do. How the constellations actually tell the story. But all of this was forbidden knowledge. God did not want the people to be ex- exposed to all this because it was going to corrupt them. And so <clears throat> we have the, the those who now to this very day, secret objects, uh, enchanted objects, root cuttings, pharmacia, uh, medicines, spells, potions, mass. Actually, the word pharmacia is the word for witchcraft from which we get all the pharmaceuticals, both those that are legal and illegal. Um, and so they became, and these women became pregnant, and they bore great giants whose height were 3,000 L's. I don't know how high that is, but I don't know what an L is, but we're talking between 12 and probably 30 feet. Um, who consumed all the acquisitions of men. And when the men could no longer sustain them, in other words, you could, they weren't able to make enough food for these giants because they were voracious, the giants turned against them and devoured the, the mankind. They began to eat them. And they began to sin against the birds and the beasts and the reptiles and the fish and to devour one another's flesh and drink the blood. So the blood, the life of the flesh is in the blood. So Satan's always after blood. Blood sacrifices, human sacrifices, animal sacrifices, abortions, blood, 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 bloodshed, murder, suicide. Um, the, the life of the flesh is in the blood. That's why blood is very much part of every satanic ritual. Because Satan knows the life of the flesh is in the blood. And we, we humans, were the ones who were given the power, the power to administer the earth and the jurisdiction over it and because and there's life there's power in our blood so when they can get our blood given taken it like recharges their batteries so to speak so they were crossing the kinds they were they were mating birds with reptiles and beasts with fish and all kinds of things and i think this is kind of where some of those weird monstery type dinosaurs came from because the 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 the, the product of the demonic crossbreeding was bloodshed and carnage and um, devouring of one in the flesh of one another and um, and and then they were taught that the, the mankind was taught how to work with metals and make weapons um, and uh, they were corrupted in all of their ways they were given all kinds of hidden secret knowledge so satan was actually coming through on his promise eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and i'll let you in on the secrets and he was he was actually telling them to the women and the women were passing them on and that's why a lot of times you see in witchcraft you see i know there are wizards and there are warlocks and that sort of thing too but the women were the ones who were the first first ones to learn of the secrets and so they are still to this day kind of the you know depicted as the um the ones of the power to to cast the spells to bewitch um incantations etc etc um So the unrighteousness was increasing on the earth, uh, and they were revealing the eternal secrets, um, which were only meant for those of heaven. Um, so they were, and the men were striving to learn these things. 
So we have pursued the occult ever since. And actually, if you want to believe it or not, technology is an extension of that hidden knowledge. Because what happened, um, they had gone to the, into the daughters of men, they slept with them, they defiled themselves, um, and revealed to them all kinds of sins. Um, then when God heard about it, actually what happened was Michael and Gabriel and some of the other angels were looking down from heaven and saw this carnage, and they said, God, are you just going to let this happen? Aren't you going to give us anything to do about this? And so then God, then the Most High said, the Holy One, the Great One, spoke to Uriel, one of the angels, and he, a good angel, and said, go to the son of Lemek and tell him, go to Noah and tell him um, in my name to hide himself, to reveal to him the end is approaching, that the whole earth will be destroyed and the deluge is about to come upon the whole earth and will destroy all that is on it. So why was this, you know, we, we often hear of the story, the deluge. It just pops out of nowhere. Yeah, we read that the people were w- wicked and, and evil imaginations, only continually evil in their heart, only constantly. And God was sorry he made them. And then the next verse, I'm sorry I've made them, next verse, but Noah on grace in the eyes of the Lord. So when God is looking down, seeing this earth being overtaken with vile bloodshed, uh, uh, cannibalism, carnage, uh, he looked and found Noah. And it says in verse 9, uh, Genesis 6, 9, that this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God, and Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the earth also was corrupt before the Lord, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted themselves in their ways on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them from the earth. Make for yourself an ark. Isn't that kind of where we're at right now? I mean, we're there. Really, violence, carnage, bloodshed, nothing but bloodshed, evil, wicked, hatred, contempt. But, so you see, well, why did God do this? This was a violent, uh, impulsive act. Not at all. It was, he had to bring the flood to actually purge away all of the defective DNA because the crossbreeds, the hybrids, the demons, the giants had all kind of proliferated in the earth until it was populated with these um, unsanctioned strands of, of DNA. And so what a demon then is, well, where did the demons come from? Well, when God saw the evil on the earth, he did a couple of things. He sent Uriel to tell Noah to build the ark. But in, in heaven, he sent a couple of angels. He had the angels declare um, that the giants, because they were so big uh, and so many, that they would kill themselves off through a civil war of sorts, that the watchers, their fathers, would have to watch. And then, after that was done, then the watchers would be locked up for 70 generations under the hills. Now, remember, the watchers are the ones who have all the access to all the knowledge and so when they were locked up for 70 generations under the hills, um, 70 generations times, maybe if it's 70 years per generation, just fast math, it'd be 4,900 years. And if you do the math, adding and subtracting, you realize it comes up to about 1900, 1917. And we see there a great uh, increase, uh, exponential increase in the power and the... And the, and the um, sophistication of the weaponry that is used in World War I as opposed to 65 years before that in the Civil War. 
And so they were back on the scene. Not all of them at once, but they're being released. I think they're being released in, in, in I don't know, uh, in, in levels or as sections um, because I believe the demons are still on the earth. They're being released. But you say, where are the... These are the fallen angels now that have come back with the technical uh, technological secrets. But what about the demons? Where are the demons from and who are they? When the giants died... Remember, they were crossbreeds, half-breeds, half-human, half-fallen angel. And they, God said they will stay on the earth. And the earth, um, which the angels corrupted and proclaimed the, um, and heal the earth, God's saying to the end, and heal the earth, which the angels have corrupted, and proclaim healing for the earth, that they may be healed from the plagues, and all the children of men may not perish through all the secret things that the watchers have dis- disclosed and have taught them. And the whole earth has been corrupted through the works that were taught by Azel, Aziel. So the angels proceeded. The giants were destroyed in the battle. And the fathers had to watch. The Lord had Michael lock them up, the fathers. And they were um, under the hills. And then uh, he says that the, the, the demons themselves were relegated to the earth. They could not. They had to stay chained into the earth. They could not be dismissed it says and now the the giants who are produced from the spirits of flesh shall be called evil spirits upon the earth and on the earth shall they shall be their dwelling evil spirits have proceeded from their bodies because they were born from men and from the holy watchers in their beginning in their or primal origin they shall be evil spirits on earth and evil spirits shall they be called and the evil spirits afflicted it says they afflicted the evil spirits of the giants afflicted oppressed destroyed attacked do battle with and work destruction on the earth and cause trouble they may they take food but are are nevertheless hungry and thirst and cause offense and these spirits shall rise up against the children of men and against the women because they have proceeded from them another part of this uh, uh, in this book it says that they um uh And he showed the children of men all the wicked things, the the smitings of the evil spirits and the demons, the smiting of, they smite, they were smiting the embryos in the womb that it may pass away and the smitings of the soul and the bites of the serpents and the smitings which befall, befall through through the noontide heat, the sons of men. And so we're seeing that these demons were left behind and because they were homeless and they had no hope. They couldn't go to heaven. They couldn't go to hell. They had to stay on the earth. They were. They. They had. They had no more. Had their bodies had been taken from them. They. They were disembodied. So they're looking for a habitation, a suitable place to dwell in, to hang out, so that they could meet their insatiable appetites for food and and sex and sin and whatever it was. And so they began to uh, infest or infect, infest, afflict, oppress, torment the human beings. Now, if you put demons and giants into, the, into your theology, you will actually begin to see how spiritual warfare works. If you're just going to take the standard religious you know, versions of what happened uh, without adding demons or spiritual warfare or giants, it will always add up to God is bad. God is the one doing this. God is crazy. God is insane. If God is so good, then why does he do all this stuff? Well, because he's not the only one here doing stuff. That's why. Because he, he has an enemy, and that enemy is very hidden, and he is very clever to make it look like all this bad stuff that happens to us is from God, because 
Because Satan it makes us to believe that we're breaking the law, making God mad, upset, uh, sinning against God. Therefore, God is punishing us. Now, don't get me wrong. God will judge this absolutely. And there will be divine eternal punishments for people who reject God. But at this point in time, if we would be smart enough, we'd realize that most of your problems are coming from a demonic spirit that you've given place to and don't realize it. So they've come to destroy, oppress, afflict, attack, do battle with, work destruction, make people sick. Remember when Jesus came on the earth, very interesting, he had a couple of encounters with demons. One of them was kind of actually cute, if you will, in Mark chapter 1. Right off the bat, Jesus is in the synagogue and, of course, he's going to church. And who shows up in church but a demon-possessed man with an unclean spirit? Guess what? That is not shocking. Demons and religion and sexual perversion, unclean spirits, evil spirits, familiar spirits, ghosts, all the same thing. So they came to Capernaum. They were in church, and um, they were astonished at his teachings, for he taught them as one having authority and not as a scribe. And as he was walking out of the meeting, it sounds like there was a man in the synagogue who had an unclean spirit. Uh, with an unclean spirit. And I, I will tell you something. Unclean spirits, which means sexual perversion, and religion go together. They're always found in the same place. Uh, religion is usually covering up for the spirits of sexual perversion. It's a good cover because you look so holy. Anyway, so the guy, <clears throat> so Jesus um, walked past him, and the, the unclean spirit freaked out and cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, let's look at this a little more closely. He said, uh, "He said, Let us alone, implying there's more than one thing, one entity, one occupant in this body. Um, what have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? They knew exactly who he was. He says, did you come to destroy us? And then there's another passage in one of the other Gospels that says, did you come to destroy us before the time? There was a time limit. These demons were, uh, they knew that they were relegated to the earth until the consummation, until the judgment of the final uh, end of the, this age. And so they were saying, well, wait a minute. It, it's not time yet, is it? <laughs> kind of. And uh, so they were trying to make their position known and I think um, uh, state their case. And Jesus said, um, he, then the demon says, I, I know who you are. Notice he changed the pronoun from us to I. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So they knew of Jesus. They knew exactly who he was. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet and come out of him. He didn't answer his questions. He didn't try to, to have a conversation. He just said, shut up. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. So the demon had no power, no authority over Jesus Christ. So when the decision was made that it was time for him to leave, he just convulsed the man. He did not hurt him. And there's another, that same story is told in Luke where he left and he did not hurt them. Uh, he hurt the man. But the people were astonished because this, no one had had this kind of authority or insight or done this kind of dramatic uh, deliverance in their presence before. Um, and, his, and in the story of the, the, um, the demon who was in the man the man who had, had an unclean spirit in the um, had a long time, and when he had stepped out into the land, he'd been in the boat. He met um, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time, and he wore no clothes, nor did he have live in a house and lived in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, 
What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? What are you doing here? You're not here. This is my territory. What are you doing? And it was like, and, and, I, and then he says, I beg you, do not torment me. So the demons knew that Jesus Christ had the authority to torment them and to terminate their um, occupation in that man. But for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven out by the demons into the wilderness. You notice a lot of times when people have demons, they're very strong. It'll take six, seven, eight full adult-sized people to hold down a little 15-year-old girl who is manifesting demons because they're very strong. Um, and this is not unusual, and this is what he's... We, we, we see this manifested. Um, we see in the story where Jesus cast the demon out of the little boy the father had brought to him. The first spirit he commanded to go after the mute spirit was an unclean spirit, and then finally a deaf and dumb spirit. So this unclean spirit shows up in a lot of... Uh, I, I really think of it as an infection or an infestation. And a lot of times we have demonic activity going on in our bodies, and we run to the doctor, we get an x-ray, we get an MRI, and nothing shows up because demons really don't show up on x-rays. However, sometimes they do show up in photographs. I've actually had seen demonic... just had one sent to me the other day of about four demon faces in a campfire where these people had just recently, you know, done a little campfire at night, and they took some pictures, and sure enough, there were demons in the fire. And I don't know if these people were around the campfire doing drugs. There was some indication they might have been. But um, they're real. And I have seen them more than once show up on a, on a photograph. Um, and I don't know why and how that works, but that's... But anyway. So <clears throat> so we see that, de- that Jesus was encountering these disembodied spirits that had infected, infested, crawled into, taken up shelter residence in human bodies. And it's very interesting that Jesus also, one of the main things he gave us power to do was cast out demons. And I don't believe God would have had us do anything like that if it wouldn't have been necessary. And actually in Mark, the only people who have really authority to do that, really authority that uh, God has given them to do that are the people who are following Jesus. When the seven sons of Sceva tried to do it uh, using the name of Paul and and kind of doing it... uh, in their own version, the demons just jumped on them and they fled and they didn't know what to do. But in Luke chapter 11, we see where Jesus gave the disciples. Well, first of all, in Luke 9, 1, he says, Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over the demons and to cure diseases. Basically, sometimes one and the same thing. Sometimes when the people were delivered, healed, I should say, healed, um, they were, the demon was cast out, they were instantly healed. Like in Peter's mother-in-law, the fever was rebuked and she was instantly well. And when there's that instant kind of recovery, you know that a demonic spirit has left. And it may be that there's um, both the demon there and then the body also has to be brought back to healing because of the um, oppression, because of the infection the, uh, that is created in the, in the phys- physical systems. And in uh, Luke 10, he says, um, he says, uh, um, then he appointed 70 others and sent them out two by two before his face to every city where he would go. And he said, the harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into the harvest. And this is where we're at today. There's a lot of lost souls out there. And um, Satan is uh, 
seeking the destruction of those souls. But then when they got back, the 70, they were excited. They said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So you see the Bible is interchanging the word evil spirit and demon without any problem here because it's basically the same thing. And then he says to them, he says, I saw Satan falling like lightning from heaven. Behold, I was there. I was there when it actually happened. I saw him kicked out of heaven. I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Notice Satan was a serpent in the garden. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. He's saying basically that's a small thing. But rather rejoice because your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Because there are actually going to be people who say, Lord, Lord, haven't we cast out demons in your name? Haven't we done many mighty works in your name? And Jesus is going to say, sorry, I don't know you. Who are you? What spirit are you of? And we see a lot of that today because we see a lot of uh, huge deception, divination, you know, um, eh, the angels of light who come and pretend to be uh, uh, through flattery and intrigue. They kind of move into the church of Jesus Christ and they, you know, they do signs and lying signs and wonders. And, and so he is not confused about what's really happening here. The demons are real. Now, let's look a little bit more at how this is relevant to us. Okay, so we've, we've asked, okay, what's the question? Did God really create demons? Did God create demons? No, he did not. How did they get here? They, were, they came out of an act of rebellion between the fallen angels and the human women. Now, I don't think the human women had a lot of choice in the matter at the time, but nonetheless, that is where demons came from. They're, they are a hybrid, a di- diabolical hybrid, a cross between a human, human DNA, and the seed of, of the serpent, as God called him. Jesus also referred to, you are of your father the devil, in John eight forty four. That's a pretty heavy-duty uh, indictment against them. I mean, I, he's not just, you know, making things up. I believe he really knew what he was saying there. So the demons come from uh, this, uh, the, 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 the fallen Nephilim or giants. When they died, their spirits were homeless. They had nowhere to go. And so they continued to roam the earth. And that's what they do on Halloween. They, they roam the earth. That's, what they, that's a night where we really give a lot of place to them. We give a lot of agreement to them. When we dress up, when we have the parties, when we um, you know, light the jack-o'-lanterns, when we do all those spooky, scary things, when we put um, <clears throat> all of these uh, accursed objects, welcome mats, out for Satan, and he steps right in. Um, he is invited. He comes in. Um, yes, Jesus knew about the demons. Uh, did the demons know about Jesus? Yes, they did. Uh, did Jesus give us power to cast them out and bind them? Yes. And we have that authority as we follow Jesus. Um, so these disembodied spirits come, coming from the Nephilim, their fathers were called the Watchers, the sons of Elohim or God. And they fell from grace and they rebelled against God. Um, the occult is hidden and forbidden knowledge, trying to eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil still. That's what people, their, their, um, the desire to know more, the desire to uh, have more information, better information. The angels, the fallen angels, were revealing the secrets. Um, they taught charms. They taught sorcery. That's why in the Bible, especially um, in the Old Testament, it says God, says, I do not permit, do not permit a witch to live. And he was um, against them for their, for their sorceries and their abominations. And that is why these demons will be judged because um, 
He says, uh, and they will have no place of repentance because they have shown them, the humans, what was, was, was hidden and they are damned. So the angels who've done this because um, they revealed the secrets and the, the things that were not meant for us to be known, they are damned. Uh, but the funny thing is actually God is saying in, um, uh, you know, and people sacrifice to demons. That's another thing. You know, they have the sticks and stones. They have their, their objects, their inanimate golden calves, so to speak. But behind those objects, there are demons who animate the object and uh, invoke the fear. All of, all of pagan worship is, is uh, based in fear. It's all based in a uh, sacrifice mode. You, you, I've gotta, you've got to give the demon something. You've got to give the druid something. Uh, or he he's going to bring a curse upon you. Trick or treat. It's not trick and treat. It's or treat. You either you either give me a treat or I will hurt you. I will put a curse on you. And so for all of those reasons, um, people are sucked into fear to giving the demons what they want and or seek, seeking the hidden knowledge for themselves. But it's interesting in, uh, in Enoch, after all is said and done and the watchers are locked up, <clears throat> um, now, now, as to the watchers who have sent these, talking to Enoch, to intercede for them who have been aforetime in heaven, say to them, you have been in heaven, but all the mysteries had not yet been revealed to you, and the mysteries that you know are worthless ones. And these, uh, in the hardness of your hearts, you have made known to the women, and through these mysteries, women and men work much evil on the earth. And so, um, even though they were thought they had all the information, they left class too early, and God still had more deep secrets that they did not know about. And so when we're dealing with those demons on the earth now, we need to know our authority. We need to know where they come from. We need to know who we are. We need to know what Jesus has given us um, to deal with. Um, we have a, an interesting story in the book of um, a Joshua, and it relates again to the giants. And we all know the story of Jericho, right? The big stones around the wall, the wall fell down. Um, after they blew the trumpet seven times and walked around seven days, all this stuff was weird. How does this work? How does that work? It all works because, um, <clears throat> well, the, the AI I, I, uh, was the town down the road from Jericho, but Jericho and AI were royal cities of the Canaanites. They're royal. They were Canaanite was full of giants. That's where the giants kind of ended up after the flood. They kind of some of them again came forth, and they began to repopulate Canaan. And when God sent in um, Moses to take out the Anakim, the Anakim were from the Nephilim. The Nephilim were the giants. And so these guys that they were taking out were big guys. So they had a wall around Jericho. And it's interesting. This is told, I, this is some speculation, but I'm pretty sure it's a good speculation. We see a lot, a lot of megalithic structures on this earth, big stones cut square and, and placed in place with no machines and no equipment that could possibly have put them in place. And we say, well, the giants did that. This is the evidence of the giants. The pyramids are evidence of the giants. They were not built by the Egyptians or by the Hebrew slaves. They were built before that. They, the pyramids were actually there before the flood. They, they survived the flood, basically. <clears throat> and so, and they were ziggurats. They were very calculated. Those pyramids are sit on very specific positions, turn certain ways. They have ley lines. They have 
um, telecommunication abilities and very technically beyond what we even know today. So they were Joshua was going in to take Jericho. Now, when they put the stones in the wall in place in Jericho, it was a fortified city. There was no way they're going to get around it. And the giants, they say, well, how did the giants move these stones? Because these stones are huge. Um, I believe the giants had a power in there. They power to levitate. And so they would levitate the stones with vibrations that they, through their nostrils, they breathe and create this, um, I don't know, hydraulically what you would say, but some sort of lift that pushed the stones up and they would just push them around like this and put them in place. And so the, the, again, we see the eye for eye, tooth for tooth kind of, God says, okay, you're going to play it that way. I'll play it that way. You use vibrations to just to build this wall. I'm going to use vibrations to take it down. And that's exactly what the trumpets were, the shouts, the praises, the trumpets were, the blast to dis, disassemble the stones and they fell down. But when they came to Ai, something strange happened. Ai was a tinier city, 1,200 people. And so the, um, uh, they thought, well, we don't need to take the whole team in. We'll just take a few, a few of our soldiers and we'll take this out in no time. They went in. They had a really bad day. The Israelites, the, the children of Israel had a really bad day. 36 people died. And Joshua was so ticked. He said, what is this? We just took Jericho. We had the walls fall down. We had a major victory. And here, you know, two days later, we got AI and, and we're beaten. What is going on? And God said, he said, well, the reason is, well, first of all, jo- jo- uh, Joshua said, God, this is going to look bad for you. If we don't take this city, we're, we're toast. Because now they're not going to be afraid of us anymore and they're going to just come after us and we're not that many and we don't have the best weapons. You're going to have to go with us. What is going on? And God said, here's the secret. Now, it's interesting. If there's a secret problem in your life, something that shouldn't be happening in that way, it's bad, it's not good, it's falling apart, uh, you're sick, it's something mysterious, I promise you the devil has a reason to do that. He has a justification for doing that. And so what had happened is, you know, Joshua said, don't take anything, don't take any of their stuff. You know, it's all dedicated to Satan, the accursed objects, the Babylonian garment, the wedge of gold. That's what we found later. But so one guy, Achan, went and disobeyed and he took a, the, the Babylonian garment and the wedge of gold he buried in his tent. And so they went through very in a very divine, uh, directive way. They found he, it was Achan and they uh, had to stone him. They had to, you know, that was what they had to do to make it happen, to, to straighten things out. Again, always such harsh penalties, but that's not God requiring that penalty. That is Satan requiring the penalty. Okay? He's my guy. He listened to me. He took the garment. I have a right to destroy you. And the only way I'm going to be satisfied is if he's dead. And that's an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, death for death. That's Satan's plan for justice. So after that, they were able to, um, not only did they take stone Achan and his family, but they also then burned his house, his stuff, burned. And that's where the Bible says burn the accursed objects. They have to be destroyed. Um, we see in the book of Acts 19 how they brought um, the people who were getting converted and following Jesus the way uh, they were so convicted that they brought their accursed objects, their books, their uh magic arts, whatever they had, um, artifacts, articles, objects, and they brought them and burned them. And it says the, the value of it was 
50,000 pieces of silver or 365 or $365,000 worth of, of articles. But why? So you say, well, what's that got to do with me? It has everything to do with you. The same story is the tr- that happened in, in the garden, that happened with the giants, that happened with the flood, that happened with um, God's intervening from, from the beginning in our lives to bring Jesus, to bring rescue, to bring revelation and, and, and redemption is still the story we're on. That's still the story. Even though Satan has created a thousand false narratives, a thousand counterfeit religions, it's still the story. And if you have an accursed object in your home, I know we have traveled into foreign countries. We bring home these things that are made by God only knows who and what curses put on them. You'll never know. But you set it on your shelf. You forget about it. It's on the wall. It's in the bookshelf. And it's just there. And it's a landing strip for the enemy who comes in and sits there, perches there, that evil spirit perches there, kind of, you know, hanging out in the book or in the, in the whatever, just waiting for an opportunity to set up a conflict in the room or in the situation or in the health and then bring forth greater calamity and invite in his friends. These are intelligent spirits. They're not stupid. They're much smarter than you might think. They're demonic. There is such a thing as demonic intelligence because we know this. When the demon is cast out of a man, it says, if you don't fill that place up, seven more will come back. What he does is the one goes and gets his buddies and they decide to go and take the house together. And so this is what happens. So we have accursed objects. We have stories. We have, um, I even have the personal story of our own daughter who was, uh, took a honeymoon, her honeymoon in Jamaica. And they bought uh, a wooden elephant that was probably two feet high, very big. Uh, she loved elephants, so they bought this elephant in a voodoo shop. I don't think they knew it was a voodoo shop, although she knew enough to tell me later, Mom, you wouldn't have liked that shop. That was, well, you know, obviously a, ba- a bad place. So when they picked it up and they took it home, within four hours, her husband, new, brand new husband, strong guy, big, strop, strong, never been sick a day in his life guy, all of a sudden became deathly ill. And they were living staying in a hotel, they weren't drinking bad water, they weren't eating bad food, and they ended up cutting their whole honeymoon short, bringing this thing home. Long story short is the thing had a curse on it. And we figured that out by the Bible. The Lord showed us through uh, some scriptures in the Bible, and we actually ended up having to burn the accursed object. And the, the plague that happened to them was going on for a year or two, only stopped after the accursed object was burned. And so uh, I know there are others, and you you people that, you know, have went with the fads and the trends and, and decorated your houses for Halloween and you have the Harry, Put, Harry Potter book series on your bookshelf and you have the videos uh, and you have all kinds of things that are dedicated to Satan, that loud him, praise him, honor him, exalt him. And you think that Satan is not going to use that and you're going to be exempt somehow from the spiritual warfare that connects with that? It is not going to happen so we need to know that there's, there's a time when you have to say, um, I'm going to, I'm, this is it. I'm not going to be part of this. This is, I'm done. I'm cleaning my house. We are in the days right now. I've got to tell you, Jesus said in Matthew 24, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be again in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And, the, you know, you say, well, are there still giants on the earth? Absolutely. There are still giants. There's still uh, they may not be in the form of the big Jack and the Beanstalk giant, but they also may be. I believe they still are in places hidden under the earth. There's many caves, many tunnels, many. Um, there's a world in the sea that we don't even know about. There's 
there's all kinds of mysteries and things that you don't, you and I don't see on an everyday basis that uh, we think don't exist because we don't see them. Uh, but there is going to be coming. There is a war. The war has been going on since the New Testament, and it's continuing on. For example, um, we see as it was. He says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Men will be eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. Uh, and all of these things. And it was in the days of Noah that the giants were, were taken away. We now have AI. We have now human intelligence, demonic, uh, synchronized with um, singularity, mixed with human intelligence. We have all kinds of technological enhancements and things that are going to change our DNA. Again, I believe the mark of the beast is something that is injected into us. We take, we drink that comes in and changes our DNA, makes us no longer human. We're now not fully human, therefore we can't be saved. Once the person takes that that mark of the beast, they yes, they'll be able to buy at Walmart for a couple more days, but they're going to die and perish because they don't they don't care anymore. They're not human anymore. There there's no way to save them. And so only humans can be saved. Not demon human hybrids cannot be saved. And so when you're a demon human hybrid Satan is changing the DNA now. We have it already. We have cows with human DNA in them. We have uh, humans with probably other strands of various things in them. Um, But at some point, when you stop becoming a human being, then you are no longer eligible for salvation. So we understand, kind of wrapping this up, that the war is grievous. The war is is deliberate. The war is specific. The war is targeted at you. You're not exempt. Your health... The, 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 the weird things that are happening, uh, the weird sicknesses, the sudden attacks, the car accidents. Nothing is an accident. Um, <clears throat> in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, we do, not, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Seems like we're always fighting with each other, but our real war is not with flesh and blood. It's the enemies who's instigating us to fight with each other to do their dirty work for them. But we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. Um, these powers and principalities are ruling territorial spirits. These are not demons. These are fallen angels. These, the demons assist them, I believe. Um, for example, one of the powers that is now over our nation and I think over the world is the spirit of witchcraft, the spirit of sexual perversion, identity confusion, gender identity confusion, sexual perversion. And what is it? a power is like a, a cloud. It's like an an atmosphere. It's something. It's like a. It's like it controls an atmosphere. It puts a mood on people. It puts a. Uh, it, it seduces them in a very subtle way. They go to school. They're in the seventh grade, and all of a sudden they're feeling like they're weird, like they're gay, like they're this, like they're that, and they don't know why. And that is one of the, the effects of that spirit of the the powers, and and we don't recognize it. Our children surely don't recognize it. So that's one of the principalities are the, are the fallen angels who live in the second heaven. Demons are relegated to the earth and to the atmosphere of earth, earth's atmosphere. You say, well, what's an, uh, what's a, what's a, an alien? What's uh, the grays? The, the, you know, these, whatever. We these are also demons, disembodied spirits who've somehow gotten a body. And I believe how they've gotten bodies that look sort of like head, hands, feet, legs, sort of like humans, um, is they have been abducting abducting human beings uh, and taking human eggs, DNA, and concocting these things in their <laughs> off-site, other dimensional laboratories 
and creating suits for these demons to prance around in. And that's what I believe the aliens are. And, in, and you know, the thing is, we are being prepped to receive them. We're being pre- prepped through our movies, through our uh, churches, through our uh, most unusual sources, even the Vatican, to receive these as uh, superior beings, as our fathers, as our mentors, as our friends, and they're not. They, uh, this, this, is, this trick has been played one other time with the Epkalu, um, and, and they came acting to be like the friends of men, but they were actually the demons who were setting them up to destroy them. But going back to the spiritual warfare, the, the spiritual wickedness in high places, the territorial spirits, the spirits that haunt your house, the spirits that, that play mischief through your bookshelves, get your house cleaned out. Take authority. Take your divine, God-given, blood-bought, follower of Jesus Christ, authority that he has given you and get rid of this stuff. Because I'm going to tell you what, the line has been drawn. You're either in or out. You're either on God's side or the devil's side. You don't have a side. You don't have a kingdom. And you're going to be in one of those two kingdoms. And we're, the, the lines are drawn. The lines are drawn. They are drawn. All that's happening now is the sifting out. The line is here. Which side are you on? Are you going to move? move? It's, you still have time to move. Have time. Don't be playing with God. Don't be half in, half out. You know, many of us are still very, very controlled in our physical man, in our minds, through our souls, through the demonic programming of our souls, through the body of death operating software to go after and be controlled by fleshly appetites, uh, fear, um, anxiety. And we, and the only way you're going to get delivered from that or out of that is to begin to walk in and move in and know and and believe and move in the spirit and to do that you're going to have to let go of a lot of things you thought were true a lot of opinions a lot of other people's ideas almost all of this world's narrative nothing here is as it appears and so you know those who know their god are going to do exploits those who have not got a clue are going to be just they're going to be taken over the cliff it's just that simple and it's that scary and it's that real so jesus christ is coming back and when he does all of this demonic activity will be done it will they will be locked up there will be no more of that uh, that infection that in uh infiltration of the human uh mankind with these demonic entities and so i would say that um if you have do not practice halloween do not practice witchcraft you have no idea how many human beings were sacrificed, how much blood was shed to bring that day to its celebratory climax. You have no idea, but there have been, there's been bloodshed all the month of September and many of the high days throughout the year to fortify, strengthen, give Satan his best, best day ever. So don't fall for that. You don't need Halloween for anything. You can take it and make it a day of gratitude and thanksgiving get on your knees and thank God for what he's given you and begin to take spiritual authority over these things. I have an emergency. What is your location?
because there's a war for your soul.